time we come here, Lord, we just have such a welcome. The blood of Jesus says we are welcome. And we thank you, Lord, for your shed blood. Thank you, Lord, we don't have to measure up, just believe and believe you've qualified us to be here. And this is so fulfilling. It's so um, outstanding of you to do these great things for us. So, Lord, we honor you, we thank you, and we lift you up today as the King of kings and the Lord of lords. In Jesus' name. Amen and praise God. Amen, amen, amen again. And we want to welcome the people who are watching on the internet. We welcome, amen, our Facebook folk and, uh, and points otherwise, I guess YouTube and, um, discernment, our app. Yes, thank you. Our app, Ministry of the Watchman app. You can watch on there too. And so we're just so thankful that God has given us opportunity to work for him, serve him, spread his gospel and preach the good tidings that Jesus Christ is alive and he loves you, cares for you and wants to take care of you, of our every need. So that's a blessing. I feel it's a blessing. (laughs) Amen. Praise God. So we're going to continue our uh, message from yesterday. And that is (laughs) Jesus is the way to healing. He is the road to healing. He is the healer. There aren't others. He's not a healer. He's the healer. Amen. And uh, if you think there's another one, <laughs> prove it. <laughs> Go through the scriptures. Amen. There is no other other than God. And uh, it is a blessing to, to know the Lord and to uh, be in his presence, be accepted by him. And that's a big deal to be accepted by God. You know, don't ever take it for granted. Always appreciate it because when he accepts you, uh, no man can reject you. Amen. Unless you let somebody, you know, you get kind of over there and, uh, you know, believing <clears throat> what other people say or other people's evaluation of you. The only thing that really matters is what God thinks about you. Amen. That's the only thing that's going to make temporal and eternal difference. It'll make a difference in this world and in the world to come. And so we, we rely on what God how God views us and what he says about us and what he's doing in our lives. Um, there are no insignificant people in God's kingdom. Amen. Everybody is blood bought. Amen. Everybody. And it, it, the blood is available for everybody's redemption. Uh, so there's nobody who's too difficult that God can't save them. Amen. And, uh, it's, it's just a good thing to, to remember that. It's a good thing to live in the realm of great possibility in God because then you'll see miracles. Uh, then you'll see signs and wonders. You'll see the impossible come to pass in your life and in the lives of people that you pray for, uh, because of His great mercy. Amen. Never underestimate what God can do. Doesn't matter how much time has gone by. He can still do these things. Amen. He can still do the impossible. And so uh, it's good to to keep that in mind. So we're going to talk today. We talked some already, a couple of examples yesterday. And we laid down some groundwork that, that gives us an understanding of how to make Jesus our healer. Amen. How to get on the road with him. And we said the first step on the road was to when you pray, 
for your health, believe you receive it when you pray. That is ground rule number one, uh, because healing is from the inside out. It's a spiritual happening first before you ever see anything in the natural. And uh, this is something that because God is a spirit and so are you, uh, you're not just a body. Sometimes people want to be healed quickly so they can go back to doing the nonsense they did before they got sick. I mean, it's just true. There are people that will tell you if they had it to do over again, amen, they would have waited for certain things so that they didn't squander what they received, amen, because then with age and relationship with God comes wisdom, maturity, it comes a different, you get a different flavor uh, in your soul for for uh, a life in Christ rather than a life in the flesh. And, and so I just don't believe Jesus throws healings away on people, amen, so that they, he, he also works a level of faith and confidence and commitment in us to the healer in order for us to stay healed. Because he knows, he can see down the road, knows what it's going to take for us to stay healed. He knows what it's going to take for us to stay free. He knows what it's going to take for us to stay full of uh, um, power and joy and and all of those things. And so, and, and the thing we have to remember as well, God is not just healing us for his, for our purposes. He's whatever prayer he answers for us. There's a kingdom purpose behind it. I mean, he's invested in us and he's invested quite a bit of himself in us. In fact, his life is invested in us. And he's entitled to claim us as his very own because without him shedding his blood, there would be no life for us. Amen. There wouldn't be anything much for us. And so we have to understand that, that it is an exchange. That's what covenant is. It's a life for a life. Amen. You know, if, if people, married people would understand this, we'd have a lot more, uh, we'd have more happy marriages. We'd have more longevity in marriages. Uh, when, when two people get married, they make the same vows to each other. Amen. They're there to work as a unit and hold each other up in sickness and in health. Amen. Poverty and wealth, all of that stuff. You're, you're to work together as one. But see, many times people get married and they think it's the same one-way street it was when they were single. Poppy, can can you strike the gavel back there for me and 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 declare it it's done? Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. If I can't get an amen, I'll get a gavel slapped around here. Thank you. Amen. And see, it's the same thing when we come to Christ. It's not a one-way street. you just begging for everything you ever wanted and think you're going to grab it real quick and run off. Your Honor, thank you. Huh? See, that's a mistake many people make. And that's where there's such a falling away from the faith. People have been taught a quick, easy grab of material things and it didn't happen because it wasn't God. I'm going to say again, it wasn't God. I mean, if you just want material stuff, go sell drugs. 
Don't bring that up in here. You understand what I'm saying? This is a drug-free zone. This is a crime-free zone. Amen? This is free of all sin, free of, of all unrighteousness. That's what this kingdom is. And so we're going to have to learn how to just let this stuff go. Amen. And move on to greater things to what, what God really created you to be. That's what we're to live now. Amen. This is a whole new life, a whole new way of doing things. The old things are dead, passed away and gone. Everything now is new. Amen. And so Jesus wants us to believe we receive our healing when we pray. In spite of how we feel, in spite of what comes against us, and in spite of what we've been taught in the past, in spite of what we are led to believe by people that we know in the natural, so-called experts, uh, expert doctors, expert health people, nutritionists, you know, uh, now that there's a pandemic, everybody's an expert on science. And most people can't even spell it. Huh? Well, we just have to follow the science. Huh? And most of them don't even know what that means. They're just repeating something that they've heard. Amen? And trying to sound smart. Amen? I'd rather follow Jesus He's been doing me good all this time that I've been following him. And I just would rather follow him and trust him through this. Amen. He said none of the diseases that he put upon the Egyptians will be put on us. Now, why did he say that? You know, I was thinking about that one day. And, and the Lord told me, he said, he said, well, when my people lived in Egypt, they weren't sick there either. I said, excuse me. So sickness was not known. He said, that's why he said what I put on the Egyptians. Because they never got, they watched the Egyptians be sick, die, and everything. And that just, that it never touched them. Because they lived in covenant with God. They lived in Goshen. There was no, no death in Goshen. No sickness in Goshen. No poverty. There wasn't even darkness in Goshen. Amen. There was light. When the plagues hit Egypt, they didn't touch Goshen. So he, sickness never belonged to them. Amen. They started to fall sick when they got out into the promise, promise, promised land. Promises all had always have requirements. The only thing they were required to do back in Egypt was live in Goshen. Just come home every night. You'd be all right, John. Paul. David. Huh? <laughs> Pays to go home to your wife. <laughs> and your family. Amen. But as long as they observe simple covenant practices like that they remained healthy people amen now when they were being led out they needed a blood covering come on now simple obedience kept them away from the egyptian way of life sickness all that kind of stuff but when they came out of egypt they had need of a blood covering and that was provided 
So that's why that scripture says that they, he brought them out with what? Silver and gold, and there was not one feeble person. They ate that covenant meal, and that sustained them to the next place they needed to go. Amen? And so God always takes care of his people, folks. He's got provision for us, period. Ample provision, more than enough, amen, everything we need in every area of life. And so when he brought them out of Egypt, he brought them into a land where they would have to obey him. That Well, he would cover them. He would take care of their needs. He would supply everything to them. And all they had to do was simply believe and obey. Amen. You won't obey very long if you don't believe in what that person's. Amen. That's why at some point, parents, you know how, you know, where your kids are small. Why, mama? Why? Why, daddy? Why? And you say, oh, shut up, because I said so. But then after a few years, you're going to have to stop and explain, because Junior's sitting there. You can see, you can feel his mind ticking away, adding up stuff. You don't want him to calculate wrong. Amen. You don't want him to come up with the wrong answer. So you start explaining things to them. Amen. And tell them the truth. Don't tell them some nonsense stuff. Amen. <laughs> Little Johnny, you have greatness in you. Come out of that tree. You know, come on now. He got the devil getting him. The devil told him to get up the tree now. Cast that devil out. He'll have greatness. Amen. <laughs> That's all that'll be left. But, but you know what I'm saying. You, you, these things have to be done. So God then begins to explain himself to to his people. Amen. He explains himself to through the law, through the Ten Commandments. Amen. So Moses goes up, gets the law for them to be able to live by. And that law has been with us ever since. Amen. So God expects us to obey his law, obey his covenant law. But he has taken away the old life for our good and given us a new life. Amen. This new life requires that we have a heart transplant. Amen. Anybody, any Christian that's suffering with heart disease, I have, you know, you have a new heart. You don't have that old heart anymore. So start believing that you have a new heart. Amen. Just, just extend your faith toward God. Amen. God, you took that stony heart and replaced it with a heart of flesh. Amen. My heart is softened by the Holy Ghost, and I can believe your word. Your word says I'm healed. I have a new heart. Amen. And so so he wants us then to live in this new covenant life. Forget the old. The new is here. I don't care how much fun you had as a sinner. You're going to have less fun in the flesh and more fun in the spirit. Amen. Don't let anybody tell you, he's just as much fun. Come on now, you little liar, you. If you lived right, you'd find out what. (laughs) As for all them slipshod Christians, you know, think it's just as much fun. It's a life of sacrifice. Following Jesus is a life of sacrifice. Amen. Amen. He turned the water into wine for them people. There's no record he ever drank any. Huh? When there's record or so-called record that he was a wine-bibber, that was through accusation of the devil. Pharisees said that about him. 
you can't trust religious folk to tell the truth for 10 minutes. Huh? That's why people don't have testimonies in church no more. They get long drawn out and exaggerated. Huh? (laughs) Just true. Amen. (laughs) So Jesus expects us to live this new life with joy, excitement, happiness, contentment. Huh? I don't care what kind of problems you got. Well, you don't know my situation. I know very well your situation ain't as bad as you make it out to be. (laughs) You don't tell us the stuff you do. It's always about the other guy. Huh? You do everything perfectly, right? Well, see, I didn't do it because he didn't do this. Oh, boy. Vengeance is mine. I will repay, saith the Lord. You don't get to pay nobody back but for nothing. Except being kind to you. You want to give some kindnesses out, help yourself, give those in abundance. But you need to be sowing into your life. Amen. When you serve God, you have an opportunity to sow good things, seeds of righteousness into your own life. Anything you do as unto the Lord will abound to you in blessings. Nothing you do for your your family, your church, your neighbor, any of that goes to waste. Nobody's taking advantage of you. Nobody's walking all over you. You ain't got that much to give. You know, we ought to be glad God is willing to let us get our dirty little hands involved in some of his business. Come up to me talking about somebody abusing you. See, the new life will cause you to look at that differently. See, the new creation person will look at a situation that is quote-unquote abuse and ask God, what can I sow into my relationship with this person to turn it around? Huh? What can I, what can I sow into this person's life that will demonstrate your love and make a change here? See, there's always something. And that's not over and above. uh, You know, Romans 12 says that's reasonable. That's your reasonable service. I mean, it's reasonable to want to show love. And don't think you're waiting until you're going to see if you're going to get it back to show it. That That ain't God's heart at all. That's not his kingdom. Are you kidding me? He'll catch you kept keeping score and mess your paperwork up. Huh? I remember when I was in the world and thought I'd, well, you know, these men, you can't do too much for them. You hear me, Poppy, back there, what you think about that? I don't think that's godly at all. What do you think? I don't think it's evil. Well, I was a sinner. I didn't know no better. But I had to leave that attitude in the world when I came into the kingdom. See, there were years, well, years of sowing. Into a a marriage that didn't look like it was going to amount to anything. 
And see, as soon as I quit watching how much I did for him, oh, oh, Barb, how long did that take? You're asking the wrong question. Strike the gavel, Your Honor. Thank you. I object. Uh, you never ask how long. How long is a kingdom? Isn't it eternal? Suppose you got to do that for the rest of your life. Better get happy now. Huh? Better get happy now. Don't wait till that brother changed to get happy. You're going to be sad for a lot of years. Ow! Pastor Barb, don't say it like that. Hey, it hurts. <laughs> if it hurts, it hurts. But it's the truth. Uh-huh. <laughs> One day it'll dawn on you. God's watching what you do, not what he does. When you figure that out, you get happy real quick. Amen. Start doing stuff with joy. Now, see, I got, I forgot where I was, what I was. Y'all made me start this. See, if somebody had said amen, I didn't have to refer to the judge. We'd have been on the road a whole lot. So I had to appeal to the court. <laughs> So anyway, <clears throat> your faith, if you're obeying Mark 11:23, you must believe three things at least about Jesus that number one, he is able. He is able to do what you're expecting him to do. Number two, he's willing. There's no, no reason why he shouldn't. And number three, he'll do it for you. You got to believe that healing will come into your body. It will change your life. It will affect your soul. It will do all of those things. You must believe all of those things. Amen. So when when you believe Jesus can do it and he can do it alone, then you begin to invest more interest, uh, more time, more meditation in his word so that your faith won't fail. What you're doing is the first time you believed you you received what it is you were asking for. Now the process is to make sure it doesn't get taken out by the mountains that we will face as we continue to believe God. Amen. So it, that's why Jesus in, included authority over the mountain in this prayer. Amen. He said, whosoever, it's, it's like, well, we were talking about faith where'd the mountain come from you you understand what i'm saying it's like it's here but we got to find a place for it you know you got to make sure you understand it amen and so he says your words will cause god's word to come to pass your words you're speaking it will cause it to come to pass and he says whosoever shall say to this mountain amen now now, um, the, the first part of this, he said, have faith in God. So when you have faith in God, you won't hesitate saying certain things. You won't hesitate speaking to mountains. Because that faith that you have in God is fully capable of moving that thing out of the way. That's why many times when you pray, 
you get this ease of words. Amen. It's called the anointing. The anointing makes everything seem easy, <laughs> even the hard things. And then you'll look back and you think to yourself, I said, I really spoke bold when I was under the, I mean, sometimes you'll just go back and understand things that you have prayed and things that you have say it, said, and you'll realize there was some help on your voice. There was some help in your heart. Amen. There was somebody's energizing what you said and, and what, what you eventually saw come to pass. Amen. And so you want that mountain moving faith working on the inside of you at all times. Now there may be some times where you won't feel the same way about what you prayed as you did while you were praying it, right? So one is just you're under the anointing. The other one is you're not under it. When you're not under the anointing, you look back and say, boy, I said all of that, man, and and it looks like God's bringing it to pass. Wow. That's why when you, when something shows up in your life, you're just as shocked as, you know, I know we tried none of I ain't talk about you cool Christians. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. God told me it's going to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know you're falling apart on the inside because you can't believe how it happened to you. Because at the time you receive a miracle, your mind is is where it's normally at. Remember Peter when all those fish got in his boat? And the first thing he did was start confessing his sins. Don't tell me, oh, I knew God was going to, you know, he told me he's going to. Yeah, you try to do that around your cool religious nut friends. Or like Rhoda, the girl, they would just, just prayed for Peter. And she heard somebody out there at the gate and went and, and looked Peter in the face and said it wasn't him. She said it's his angel. Cause it couldn't be Peter. Cause I just prayed for him with the little bit of faith that I had. Doubt hovers over our minds all the time. So that's why you can't go by feelings. You got to go by what you know. What you know is what the word says. You prayed. When you prayed, you believed, you received it then. And it will come to pass. You will have it. Amen. Just don't give up on this. Don't let the devil talk you out of it. So that's the fight of faith is what the enemy does to talk us out of what's already been granted to us. Amen. There is no doubt that God wants you to have it. He's paid for it already. His blood paid for it already. And he said, all you have to do is believe. So just get about the business of believing. Amen. So yesterday we spoke about Matthew eight sixteen through 18. And we talked about Jesus's motive for healing people. And this is very important to keep in mind. The Bible says it, that he healed all that were sick and oppressed of the devil um, in, in for this reason, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken about him. In other words, he says, somebody already told y'all I was going to do this, so I got to do it. So he does many things to fulfill prophecy. Don't get it twisted. Don't ever think you were so good and that's why God did something for you. 
or you believed, and that's why he do that because he said he's gonna do it. Amen. That's why it shows up when we least suspect it. It's like the Lord is watching. He said, let me throw this one on her and mess her head up on Monday morning. Because she went to church yesterday and started thinking she's all cool because I used her to heal a few people. I'm going to throw this on her little, little carnal brain and mess it up on Monday morning, right after Sunday. Amen. And he says, eight, uh, six, string, okay. So he says he came to Peter's mother's house, Peter's house, and his mother, no wonder Peter, I'm looking at this for the first time like this, Peter's house, and his mother was there, sick. So I guess he said, I better heal this lady so it'd be peace and she can go back home or something. I don't know, <laughs> you know, but whatever. He says, he touched her hand and the fever left her. Now it doesn't say anybody asked him to, didn't say her faith. Drew him over and said nothing like that. He touched her hand and the fever left her and she arose and ministered to them. When the evening was come though, they brought to him many, many, many that were possessed with devils and he cast out the spirits with his word and healed all that were sick. And that's all that's happening when we use his word to receive our healing. Amen. It, it has the same power. And he says all that were sick, that it might be fulfilled. This is why he does stuff to fulfill prophecy. He's fulfilling Isaiah 53, uh, 3 and 4 when, when he heals us. Himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. So he's taking them as he walks the earth when he heals these people. He's taking sickness off of them as he walks around. Amen. Then when he got to Calvary, he took it for everybody. Amen. So we're in. Wherever phase in his ministry we believe, we receive, we have it. Amen. As he walked the earth as a man anointed of God to do good, he fulfilled prophecy that was spoken about him. Amen. So healing is already granted. All we have to do is believe it. Well, if it's not granted, what can you do to make it happen? Nothing. Huh? You better go to believing that, that, I mean, sometimes it's easier than not. Sometimes it's a challenge to continue to believe until it all comes in. But that's what God wants us to do. Amen. You, you don't have to bombard heaven to get God to do anything. In fact, I don't know what that means. You know, these little sayings go around and among God's people off and on. So years ago, there was this, let's bombard heaven. I don't know what you're going to go beating up on God for. He's giving you everything you're going to get. You may as well try and believe something. You know, when faith runs out, people get in the flesh and go creating a new scenario for something. Huh? Let's bombard heaven. Let's just make God do something. Let's just keep banging and banging and banging and banging until he just does something for us. Well, if you're not banging in faith, you're not going to get nothing. It's already granted. It's already given. He took sin, sickness, weakness, punishment, ignorance, fear, took it all. He owns salvation. He owns healing. He owns all the blessings that come from heaven. You got to go through him to get it. 
The nice thing is he forever lives to make intercession for us. Amen. That's his purpose in his life now is to pray for us. Amen. When he spoke to Peter and he talked to him about Satan wanting to sift him like wheat. And he says, I have prayed for you, Peter, that your faith not fail. Amen. So we've received of that prayer already. See? Because you have no fail faith on the inside of you. Your faith won't fail either. As as a believer, we have no fail faith in us. There's no more weak faith, strong faith. We No, we have strong faith, but there's no weak faith, little faith, all those things. Those people had little faith because they had he hadn't gone to Calvary and paid the price for Abraham's faith. Now we have the inheritance of strong faith. Amen. That can hope against hope. That can believe in spite of. That can uh, move mountains at our words. Amen. That same tongue that gossips and stirs up trouble and cusses people out can be washed and cleansed. Amen. By his precious blood and can move mountains and affect healings and cures for yourself and for other people. It can do holy and righteous things now. Amen. Your tongue has been saved. (laughs) Along with your crazy head. Amen. Amen. (laughs) So Jesus says, only believe. Amen. Turn to Mark chapter 5. We'll go there. This story is, is interesting because it tells a tale of how Jesus can accommodate every level of faith, every circumstance, every life circumstance in order to believe the, bring the answer into a person's life. Amen. So, um, in, it starts here. It's a story. We've heard it before. Just because you've heard it before don't mean you know it. Huh? Huh? It's like my father used to say, make me know it. <laughs> you tell him all kind of stuff. Daddy, 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 yeah, make me know it. Oh, in other words, get up, sister, and do something. Amen. He's looking for you to prove what you know. Amen. That's what God's looking for, for us to prove what we know. So, so he says here, um, in starting in, uh, oh, 21, when Jesus was passed over again by ship to the other side, much people gathered to him, and he was near unto the sea. And behold, there came one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name. And when he saw them, he fell at his feet and besought him greatly, saying, My little daughter lies at the point of death. I pray you, come and lay your hands on her that she may be healed and she will live. So he lays it out plainly what his faith is telling him. His, this man, <clears throat> even though he's in charge of the synagogue, he's a ruler, he's a leader there. Uh, these, the religious system was the enemy 
of the spirit of God, of God's kingdom. Because they lived natural, by natural means, you know, they were there to get people to come in and, and pay all they had and take their money and, you know, all kinds of un, unreal kinds of ways to treat God's people went on there. You know, they were crooks, they were robbers, but they put on their long robes and pretended to be pious people. This is, this is why Jesus had to do things the way that he did. Because they were there deceiving people. They were there making people wait forever for nothing. Amen. Don't, don't heal people on the Sabbath. Well, they, they've been coming every Sunday to you for years. You ain't healed them yet. You understand what I'm saying? Some of them people, 18, 20 years, a little man with the withered hand, they know how long, how long he's been there waiting on the healing. And it never comes. It will never come from the religious. Let's say it again. If you don't know the difference, ask God to teach you the difference. It'll never come before the, from the religious. They have a form of godliness, but deny the power. Long robes, choir hooping and hollering. Amen. All, all the niceties that people like. That's why Jesus called them a den of thieves. Cause they were stealing from the people. Amen. Promising forever and giving them nothing. Amen. And so Jesus came in to solve the per- people's problems. If you're a problem solver, you'll always have a job. Amen. If you're a person who can believe, bring relief to people, you'll always be necessary. Amen. You don't have to worry about somebody taking your place. You just fit in your place. Amen. You fill the slot. You won't have a problem with anybody. Now, I don't care what area of your life we talking about. Married women and men, hey, nobody going to fill your spot. As long as you're taking care of your spot, you're all right. Everybody holding their breath. See, I'm just going to let you hold it. I'm going to give you your release yet. (laughs) So anyway, Jesus agrees to heal this girl. So really, to be honest with you, at this point, What's her condition? Let me read it again. I don't want to skip nothing. Did I skip anything? It says, he besought him greatly, saying, my little daughter lies at the point of death. I pray you come lay hands on her that she may be healed and she will live. And Jesus went with him. So what's her condition? Huh? Excuse me. I'm talking about verse 24. And Jesus went with him. What's her condition? Verse 24. She's healed. I hope everybody can see that. See, when Jesus comes in and connects with you, that's when your healing takes place. You got me? So when Jesus follows him, He's really agreeing with him. He's saying yes to him. Amen. Amen. You know, if, if, if somebody connects with you, 
and comes into agreement with you, that means that they are granting you their request, your request. Amen. It's, you know, if he's not coming to heal the girl, what's he coming to do? He's an answer to prayer. So whenever Jesus gets involved, whenever the word gets involved, whenever you apply the word to your situation, you have it then. So this man's daughter was healed at that point where Jesus said yes. Not the point where he laid hands on her. Come on now. He asks him to do it. He says, and this man sets the conditions. He says, if you come and lay hands on her, she will be healed. That's his condition. Jesus' condition for us is what? Ask in faith and it's yours. You see the difference? You see why you can pray and receive it by faith and then have to walk a few days, months, or even years before you get the full manifestation of it? Think about it now. If this man, this man is us and we say, come and lay your hands on me and I'll be healed. I believe I receive it now because I've asked you for it. I prayed for it and you said yes because you always say yes to healing. Amen. And this man walks away and he doesn't live three days away. He just lives down the road, maybe take him a few hours to get there. Amen. In a few hours, she's raised up total manifestation of what he's asking for. Well, suppose your walk with him is three years. What difference does it make? You just keep walking with Jesus because at some point you'll get to the destination of the full manifestation of what you're praying for. You understand? So that's why you don't give up. It would have been just as crazy for this man to tell Jesus, well, stop and quit following me home because I'm not believing anymore. And it almost happened. In one short story here. So Jesus went with him and many people followed him and thronged him. And a certain woman, which had an issue of blood 12 years and had suffered many things of many physicians, and had spent all that she had, it was nothing better, but rather grew worse. When she had heard of Jesus, came in the press behind and touched his garment, for she said something else inside herself. See, there's all kind of people seeking God, telling themselves it's going to happen. I believe it's going to happen. I know it's going to happen. When is it going to happen? Well, when he touches me. Well, when he comes to my house. Well, when I touch him. Well, you understand, there's all kinds of stipulations on your healing that different people can have. But Jesus meets them all. He doesn't care when you think it's going to come. Whenever you agree it's going to come, it comes. Amen. He will accommodate your faith. Whatever your faith says, once you get up one day and said, I'm not taking this anymore. Why am I? Why sit I here until I die? Today is my day. 
You understand what I'm saying? How long do we want to wait for anything when Jesus has already granted it? So he goes with this man, but in the meantime, somebody would almost steal it from him, Faith. Huh? <laughs> this woman had to be married. She, cause she's smart. This girl over into female trick number 2000 something up there in the graduate level on the female tricks. Huh? She probably sneak money, sneak money out of her husband's hand right in front of me. He didn't know what was missing. He said, oh baby, I meant to give that to you. Uh, some of y'all too young. They too young, Poppy. They too young. <laughs> huh? This is true. <laughs> Praise the Lord. She had an issue of blood 12 years. She said, if I can just touch. Now, she was sick of it. This man's little daughter just got sick. You see? But she's at the point of death. And that puts an urgency there. This lady's been waiting a long time. But she's got a different urgency. She can't go up to Jesus. Because she can't go up to a priest. And she can't have anybody lay hands on her. She can't even let nobody know she's there. But the Holy Ghost in her makes her smart enough to figure out a way. I don't care what they have told you. There is always a way to get healed, folks. I don't care what they have. There is always a way to prosper and make a good living. There's always a way to get your dream job or your dream or whatever it is. There is always. I don't care what people tell you. Well, you ain't educated enough. Well, that's okay. I'll start my own business. They say that's how how uh, Stanford University was founded. The uh, couple Stanford, Mr. and Mrs. Stanford, went to enroll their son in some college out in California. And they said, well, he didn't qualify. And, you know, they couldn't accept him. And they asked somebody, how much does it cost to start a college? And somebody told them they started when their son was the first student there. And now they have the highest standards of any you. I mean, they built it right. I guess they say, well, we don't want him to come. If y'all that dumb, you ain't going to take my son. We build our, we'll build it right. We'll build a superior school to what you can offer. Huh? Don't tell me God won't do it for you. Amen. Have you build your own. Sometimes he's waiting for somebody to challenge what's going on and crazy out here and build it right. Amen. That's right. So, so he, he decides when Jesus comes along with them, he's hijacked by this lady. Amen. She touches him in faith because she knows she's healed. And in her wanting to escape before she's known. Amen. Now, this is the thing. Jesus had to obey the law as well, right? Think about it. Had to obey the law as well. Amen. There were times when he would touch lepers. Amen. Which was not lawful for the priest. Except when they were examining them to make sure they were healed. 
Well, think about it. If somebody comes to you, had leprosy, unclean, can't touch me. He's been saying this all this time. Now all of a sudden he comes and says, I'm clean. Well, what can you do as a priest? You gotta examine them. You gotta get close to them. You gotta put hands on them. So the priest was really insulated and protected from disease by the anointing. You know, if more preachers believed the word, we'd, we'd really have a kingdom now, wouldn't we? <laughs> Huh? <laughs> you got crazy preachers running around, don't want to take people touch. I'm anointed. Don't touch me. Are you kidding me? Seriously? It's not your anointing. Suppose God's telling people, come on and touch so you can get healed. I'm not going there today. I'm just, just thinking out loud. Okay. So let's stick to our story. So, so here's, this lady extracts her healing. This is a, this is a, a place where you can understand how faith works. When faith is involved, it's an automatic thing. You're not waiting on God to do nothing for you. You're not waiting on Him to give you nothing. You're not waiting on Him to let you have nothing. He's waiting on you to come get it. Receive it, take it, however you want to phrase it, but he's waiting on you to make the move toward him. Amen? So you can have it. I know we all think we can sit in the corner and confess and it's just going to show up. and <laughs> We don't even know who we're confessing to. No relationship with God or very little. Mostly we wish he didn't know what we was up to. <laughs> so he could do something for us. I'm going to stop. Anywho, and, and so she it is, she said within herself, if I could just touch his clothes, I'll be whole. Right away, her blood dried up, and she felt in her body she was healed. At that point, it was no longer illegal for her to be out there. At that point, It was no longer illegal for her to be out there. Why was she still hiding? It's called the the soul hangover. Your soul has been trained to think a certain way, act a certain way, behave a certain way. So she might have even gone out and continued to hide. Fear of man takes over after a while. After a while, it's not just her obeying God's law, staying away from people. Now she's scared of people. See, you can transfer authority over very quickly and live a life you don't even know why you live in that way anymore. Because your soul has been trained in fear to respond in fear to so many different things. This is the main reason Jesus grabbed her and talked to her. Because if she knew in herself she was healed, what did he need to stop her for? But he needed to do it. He's retraining her soul to think like a healed woman. He's restoring her dignity now so that she can walk out in public and feel good about it. Amen? Because she'd have crawled right on out of there like she crawled in. Amen? 
And when you continue, when your soul continues to respond as a sick person, it invites those symptoms to come right back on you again. So your soul has to be healed. Amen. And so she had already schooled herself in the healing and set a time and activity and a point of contact by which she was going to let go of that bleeding and health was going to restore her body. That's one phase of your healing. And then it, she says here, and in, 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 so right away her blood stopped and Jesus immediately knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him, turned about in the press and said, who touched my clothes? And his disciples said to him, you see the multitudes throng, you know, people, people who are learning from you are quick to want to correct you. Ah, Pastor Brown, why you put that in there? It was going good until you put that in there. Huh? But it's true. It's true. Amen. And he says, and the disciples said to him, who, why do you say who touched you and so forth and so on? But the woman feared and trembling, know it was done in her, came down and told him all the truth. See, this is, here we go again. And when a miracle shows up, people who are, are wrong will confess their sins. You got me? Like Peter did with the catch, the miracle catch. He said, depart from me, Lord, I'm a sinful man. Whenever there's miracles and healings around, the, the spirit of repentance is very strong. Amen. It has to come with it or people wouldn't open up to get anything. If you let people's souls stay condemned and full of sin, they don't get much out of that atmosphere. So the Holy Spirit works to bring people to repentance so they can look at themselves and say, man, I don't even belong. I don't even deserve to be here. Amen. That's that's the atmosphere. You know, you're not going to get much of God's work done if we put up with people, the sinners everywhere and in and, and up in the pulpit and singing and all that kind of stuff. I mean, come on, y'all. It's, this is a holy thing. He said, but the woman fearing and trembling told him all the truth. And he said, daughter, your faith has made you whole. Go in that's the biggest part of what she needs. <laughs> you know, there are people that get great peace in God long before all their symptoms are gone. <laughs> and they live just as good. Amen. That's the biggest part of what you, what is the Bible says? If, if, if you, you know, if you have a need, let your requests be made known unto God through prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be, and the peace of God. Well, guard, it didn't say you get what you asked for right away. It says his peace will come upon you and guard your heart and your mind. In other words, you won't get crazy before it gets here. Even though you keep telling God you will. Keep acting like you losing your mind because you're waiting so long. <laughs> he says you ain't losing your mind. You just You just need to take on my peace. And lead this nonsense alone. Amen. Let me do this. Let me help you out. Saith the Lord. Amen. So now the fear of man leaves her. Fear of exposure leaves her. Fear of being out in public leads her. Her dignity comes back to her. Amen. 
And if she's got any money or can get her hands on any money, that'll come back to her too. Amen. Because when her life is restored to her, she can pick up living again. But until he declares her whole, he is the high priest. He's higher than any priest that they would have had in the synagogue. Amen. So he's a great high priest and declares her healed. He's declared all of us healed already. If we'll receive it. Amen. Amen. And he says, while he behold of your plague and while he yet spoke, couldn't even get one get finished with one person. Guess who shows up? Up jumped the devil. Huh? Devil's more in the crowd sometimes than believers are. Got me? They figure like it's their business to come and check Jesus out. While he had spoke, there came from the ruler of the synagogue's house certain people which said, well, we did our job. We killed your daughter. They might as well. See, y'all ain't, y'all don't even think it's funny. You ought to be ashamed of yourself supporting religious crazy people. Huh? That's what they said. We did our job. We sat around there and, and talked bad about her condition. Talk bad about Jesus. I don't know what he's asking Jesus for. He's taking away all our business at the synagogue. What's he down there talking to him for? Go get him. Tell him his daughter's dead. They couldn't wait to tell him bad news. Amen. Breaking their necks to get there. He says, your daughter is dead. Why trouble the master? And he, see, this is what they wanted to get him away from Jesus. You see that? All they had to do is say, is that the way to bring somebody bad news? Huh? Oh, well, sir, we're so sorry, but we have to report that your daughter just passed away. No, they had to put in here what they were really after. To separate him from Jesus. Huh? That's the mountain right there in Mark eleven twenty three. Religion unbelief, some story you heard about why it won't happen for you, all of that. You understand what I'm saying? That nonsense. Anything to separate you from the love of God, to separate you from God's word, separate you from your faith in God, separate you from Jesus and what he's told you he's going to do for you. Amen? Anything. The devil will do anything. They sat up there at that house. That's where mourners go to people's houses before somebody even dies. Oh, I know. They don't call themselves mourners. But they ain't bringing no faith and no healing power with them. They ain't even bringing a Bible. Y'all ever seen one of them pre-death wakes, I call them? I'm serious. Everybody looking solemn and sad. Sit on the edge of the bed, grab their hand and start rubbing it. You didn't rub their hand when they was living. Huh? Well, you know they're sick. I want to be respectful. Go get a Bible. You want to be respectful to a sick person? Go get a Bible and start reading it. To them. And yourself. 
you could use a little help yourself. Huh? Read healing stories. Oh, but they say it's no hope for them, and there'll be less if you don't read some. If you can read, go in there reading the word. You know, a lot of people get saved when they get that close to death. God gives them a little extra time. He deals with them, gets them to see repentance, you know, and what it'll do for them. The word is never wasted. Huh? It's never wasted. Chases the devil out. So they tell him, don't, don't, we don't like you being around Jesus. That's really what this is about. Now you done turned on us. I know your daughter is sick, but that's no reason to turn on us. Oh, Pastor Barb, that's rough. Yeah, it's rough out there. You try to live holy. You try to stay healed and see how rough it is out there. The devil will send you stuff 24-7 to try and divert your attention, get you to compromise, huh? You put off your healing one more day <laughs> instead of receiving it now, thanking God that is now. Continuing to speak of it now. Calls those things that be not as though they are in the now. My healing is now. There's no reason to wait for it. My healing is now. So they don't want this guy connected to Jesus. That's going to mess up. They, you know, they had a tight group before this Jesus stuff started. Now we got somebody to broke off the group and go follow all the intimidation they do. All the talking against the propaganda that they give each other. No, we can't. No, 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 no. We, we got the scriptures. We know what's going on. We, we're not wrong. We're right. Amen. As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, as soon as you think it won't happen, as soon as somebody tells you so-and-so tried to believe like that and they died, as soon as you start looking at something goofy on television you ain't supposed to look at and they tell you it won't happen, they're supposed to be a Christian ministry, as soon as that stuff hits your ears, guess what? The Holy Spirit inside you will tell you the word again. Then it's on. It's up to you to decide what you're going to believe. Are you going to mope around and be discouraged and think it's not going to happen? Or are you going to, or are you going to continue to believe like you did the first day you began to pray? So what's the enemy of, of your answer? Mm, Jesus says it right here. Verse 36, as soon as he, absolutely, as soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he felt the fear in the atmosphere. Because the people who want death bring that with them. When they accept, the reason people are standing around a, a, a sick person, hopeless, is because they're scared they're going to die. 
Just absent yourself from the circumstance. Just go home somewhere. You got fear on you, stay home. This is this is why in in he he bears it out here in thirty seven. This is why thirty seven happens. He didn't allow anybody to come with him except Peter, James, and John. Why? Everybody else is full of fear. That whole crowd out there was full of fear. The rest of the disciples are shaking and trembling. Remember, it was like 12 of them. On a good day, he can only get three to go along with him. You understand what I'm saying? You you know, when when people are selected when they go, to do work for God. It's not some kind of free for all. Yeah, you understand what I'm saying? It's now I know there's some things that these but you guys are trained as believers. You know how to pray for the sick. I'm talking about some of these Yahoo places where people just get oh, we gonna go out and do some street witness, some street ministry. Huh? You gotta be invited to do that. You better be full of faith in the power of God and your leader better have the goods. Leading people out to do nothing gives a church a bad name. Amen. <laughs> really. And so when he went in, suffered no man to go except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. And he came to the house of the ruler of the synagogue and he saw this whole bunch of people, tumult. That's a bunch of folks. And them that wept and wailed greatly. Amen. So they having a party now. Amen. They bringing out the fried chicken. They bring it. They just been waiting for Jairus to get there and start weeping too. Huh? So they busting out all the repast stuff. Amen. They didn't killed her and buried her already. And when he arose, and when he was come in, he said to them, why are you doing this and weeping? She's not dead, she's sleeping. And they began to laugh him to scorn. And they began to laugh him to scorn. You think he didn't know what their response would be? Then why'd he say it, Barb? He knew they were going to laugh at him. And he said it anyway. Why'd he do that, Barb? Because they're going to laugh at you too when you speak the word. But you're going to have to speak it in order to get some work for God done. You think you just walk in there and let them carry on and you don't state what's really going on there? You don't say something to clear the atmosphere to bring this girl back to life? You're going to let them laughing to scorn? Oh, Jesus, I told you. He's not a prophet. He's just some, you know, look at him. He's always hanging around sinners. He's no good. He doesn't have any power. Look at him. He's a drunk. He's a crazy man. Don't pay any attention to him. Same thing they always say. Say it about you too. You start doing something for God. Well, she crazy, but, you know, well, she, she hurt your feelings when she talks sometimes, but she get the job done. Are you trying to help them? You trying to talk them out of believing? Huh? I don't act though. Y'all said it about me. They're looking all innocent. Strike the gavel, Poppy. 
guilty as charged. <laughs> Keep your comments to yourself if you're going to help somebody. Uh-huh. You talk people out of believing God like that. Making your little comments about people. Your little hurt feelings. You probably the wrong person for the job anyway. Let a sister that's with me come on up there and let's get the job done. Where's my Peter, James, and John? Amen. <laughs> Amen. He said he put everybody out. Huh? That's right. You have authority. You start speaking the word. And that authority will fall on you and follow you. Amen. Won't help you out until you speak that word. And so he says, but when he had put them all out, he took the, took the father and the mother of the girl and them that were with him and entered in where the little girl was lying. And he took the damsel by the hand and said to her, Talitha Kumai, which is being interpreted, damsel, I say to you, arise. Straight away she arose and walked. For she is 12 years old. And they were astonished with great astonishment. Amen. And he charged them straightly that no man should know it. And commanded that something be given to her to eat. Amen. Don't leave them there without full confirmation that they're healed. The fact that she was eating. Now, come on now, somebody been at death's door, and they they all of a sudden wake up. You know how many people will say something stupid like, well, they usually perk up before they die. Now, I've heard that before. How many of y'all have heard people say that? They usually take a turn for the better before they die. See, that would have been waiting for her if he hadn't made them feed her. Heal people eat. You don't need to convalesce from a healing that God gives you. What are you going to do? Go on solid food later or, you know, take some soup right now. She ain't quite with it yet. God don't do that. A.A. Allen had a man on a stretcher. And this man, his uh, he had uh, cancer of the stomach. And they said he hadn't eaten in three months. Well, let's give him something to eat. Somebody has some food. Let's bring some food here. That man ate that food and got up off that stretcher and walked around. (laughs) You know, God doesn't give a healing where you got to ease people into. Be all careful with them and everything. You do that when they're getting well from something man does to them. The doctor might sew you up wrong or leave a sponge in there, two sponges. You understand what I'm saying? You might have to ease up on your healing, but um, but you know what I'm saying. This isn't a man-made thing. This is God, 100%. She's 100% totally well. How we know that? She sat up and ate food. Amen? How do we know Peter's mother-in-law was healed? She got up and cooked dinner. Amen? She better. The homeboys is here. Huh? Boys is back in town. Let's get some pot shaking. Amen. 
So, so Jesus is able to satisfy the, the request that the ruler of the synagogue made. Why? He's no re- respecter of persons. This man is Jesus' sworn enemy. They both know it. You understand what I'm saying? They've been trying to kill Jesus, throw him off a cliff, and he still comes back and has compassion, heals his daughter. We're going to have to learn how to live like that, folks. You can't live in this little bubble of they didn't treat me right. You understand what I'm saying? That person they didn't treat right should be dead anyway. Why keep bringing the dead back to life like that? Amen? Let that person stay dead. One day you go wake up and realize, I don't feel half as bad about people as I used to. I must be saved. <laughs> I guess I'm saved. I mean, that's how you know. That's the love of God. <laughs> Snucked up on you and start loving them people. And you didn't even know what was going on. <laughs> It's a good thing. Amen. So this man's daughter's healed. The woman with the issue of blood, she's all good. Jesus holds on to our healing once we believe we receive it. He never lets go. Amen. It's still there for you. I don't care what it is you ask for. Amen. Now, it, the the thing that, that keeps us from receiving is is um in verse 36 35 and 36 the evil report of men are putting our faith in it and letting us scare letting it scare us into inactivity got me don't put your faith in what man says about your situation i don't care what it is you put keep your faith in god god said you could have it amen so you buy it, might as well just receive it. Receive it if you don't need it anyway. That's why I tell people if God's offering it to you, receive it. Amen. Just always keep your heart open to receive what God has for you. No matter how old you are, you're young you are, whatever it is. That has nothing to do. God's making provision for you or somebody else. Amen. If it's not for you, he's making you the steward of it, which means he trusts you to handle it. Amen. So, so Jesus holds on the minute we pray, the minute we believe we have it because it's in him. Amen. And he doesn't let go of anything. It will, he will hold it in safekeeping for you. He held that little girl in safekeeping until the father, that death the death didn't mean anything because she had eternal life granted to her already. Jesus already granted her health and life and healing. It, it's just like us. We're saved and, and called from the foundation of the earth. It doesn't matter your your problems in between, your mistakes in between, your failures in between. None of that matters. What matters is what God has already ordained for you. That's not canceled by bad behavior. Huh? He got the answer to bad behavior. If you confess, if you're not stupid enough to sit up there and say that don't matter, I'll show you what matters. You better let God be your matter. Listen to crazy people. You stay with your word. Amen.
leave people alone. Amen. Stay with your word. Understand what God's speaking to you. Understand what he's called you to a lifestyle of living holy for him. Amen. Quit trying to cut corners and make it make it less than what God says it is. Be willing to do whatever he wants you to do. He'll grant you the desires of your heart. He'll give you everything. Amen. Nothing withheld from you because he loves you. Amen. All right. We're going to stop. Father in heaven, we thank you for your word and thank you for understanding. Thank you for holy living, righteous living, living in peace, living in gratefulness, thankfulness, thanksgiving at all times for everything, all the time. We love you and we thank you. We bless you, Lord. We praise you. We honor you. We lift you up. We magnify you. Thank you, Lord. We praise your holy name. I'm going to pray with whoever wants prayer.